says in Psalm 127, verse 3, Behold, children are a heritage from the Lord, the fruit of the womb a reward. For many children are a source of blessing, and yet for others, pregnancy itself is very difficult. Welcome to a new season of Consider It, where we consider questions regarding life, theology, and the church. Consider it as a ministry of Redemption Bible Church in New Braunfels, Texas. Do you have questions regarding life, theology, and the church? If so, text the word redemption and your question to 830-299-7505, and we will consider your question. To learn more about redemption, you can visit redemption.bible. I'm Michael Hawkins. And I'm Blair Cushman. Let's consider it. Well, welcome back to Consider It. We have another question to discuss today. Let's hear it. What implications does Psalm 127 have for the infertile? All right, straight to the point here. That's right. Um, I like questions like these uh, that we often get where... um, it's, it's just taking the scriptures and applying it to real life situations. Yeah. Right. Uh, wanting to walk faithfully, wanting to understand the things of God and then our, uh, uh, our right response to that, you know, and sometimes we walk through seasons like this of, you know, infertility or grief or other, you know, things. And then we come across a section of scripture and like, Whoa, wait, wait, wait yeah. a minute. <laughs> like what, what does this have? How, how does this, apply to me or how does this apply to my uh my family member or my friend who's walking through this uh what implications i like that word implications yeah. you know what what does this mean then if if this is true or what is the truth here and then how am i to live uh, in light of it um and it seems like we have one of those uh, crossroads here or one of these uh, junctures where the scripture has something to say to a very sensitive you know, reality for many people uh, across the globe uh, where infertility uh, or just pregnancy is very difficult yeah. um, for for some. And uh, and that's, you know, that, that's a, a, a very, you know, vulnerable place to be. Right. Um, especially in your childbearing years. You know, if your friends are all getting pregnant and uh, it's just uh, such a season of joy and celebration and yeah. and uh, eager expectation and uh, and and that's not the reality for some right and then we come across uh, Psalm 127 we love the psalms for their their joy and we love the psalms for their emotions and then we come to this or like but what about me that's right you know or what, what about we, them what and do we do here what do we do and so um So it's at Psalm 127. Maybe some of our listeners aren't familiar with Psalm 127. Yeah, I was thinking it might be helpful to just read it. That's right. That's right. Why don't you do that? Some people might be driving to work, too, so they may not be able to pull out their Bible. If you have your opportunity to listen to this, you can. Just pull out your Bible. But uh, if not, Michael will read it for you. That's right. All right, Psalm 127, a song of ascents of Solomon. says, Unless the Lord Mm -hmm. builds the house, those who build it labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. It is in vain that you rise up early and go late to rest, eating the bread of anxious toil, for he gives to his beloved sleep. Behold, children are a heritage from the Lord, 
the fruit of the womb a reward. Like arrows in the hand of a warrior are the children of one's youth. Blessed is the man who fills his quiver with them. He shall not be put to shame when he speaks with his enemies in the gate. Mm. There you have it. A short psalm. Interesting, it is also a psalm of Solomon. You know, Many of the psalms are written by David or others by Asaph, and uh, then some that are uh, unknown as to who wrote them, but this one attributed to Solomon, David's son, um, who had a massive house and many <laughs> wives and many children. Yep. Yeah. Um, and who wrote many of the Proverbs and uh, Ecclesiastes, most likely. And uh, here, even the, you know, the wisest man ever to live, as he's called, acknowledges that it's the Lord who has to build the house. That's right. Right? Yeah. And if it's not the Lord, then all of our work, all of our effort, everything is really for naught. Right. Right? You get a big house, you get, you know, you have all this, but it's the Lord who builds it, and it's the Lord who protects it. Yeah. Okay? And that's kind of the where it, what it starts with, you know, we do it. And otherwise, if it's not the Lord, then all you're going to do is be anxious over protecting it yourself. You're going right. to be anxious in that. And so I love how that starts. And, you know, when we think about the house and all that, uh, the city, you know, we think of the sticks and stones that comprise a house, which is true. And I, th- I don't think that's beyond the scope of what he's talking about here. But that also, uh, that acknowledgement uh, of our house and our city and all that also is within the the family you know the yep. people that make up the house yep. and the city right and that's where that turn he's not like taking a sudden left turn in in uh, verse three about children and all that because you know it's people that make up the house you know yep. it's like the church the church isn't just the building the church is the people right, right. and so there's this uh you know this and, and even in that, you know, it's not that it's just the Lord who's going to build the house and we have no part in that. You know, like we just sit back, relax, and the <laughs> Lord's going to do it. But not there, quite. Right. There's just an acknowledgement that it's the Lord who's behind the building of all this. He is the one who does. And so when it comes to then children there, that's where it's really interesting. And I think this is where the crux of the, you know, the, the question comes from here is because it seems that children are heritage from the Lord and the fruit of the womb a reward. A reward from God, and so you know, if we if we're not careful in just reading this, then we can think, okay, kids are like a reward for my hard work, yeah, or my good behavior. If I do it, do everything right, then the Lord will bless me with children. He'll bless me with children, and then we can take that the opposite direction. Then of well, if I'm not having children, then uh, then this must be a punishment from the Lord, right? Because I'm not doing everything right, yeah. And, uh, and we can find ourselves in the pit in that way. Then it's like, uh, you know, Lord, I'm doing all the things. I'm going to church every Sunday, a small group every week. I'm reading my Bible every day. I'm praying to you for an hour every day. I'm telling people about Jesus. I'm living, uh, and me and, you know, my spouse, we're trying to get pregnant. Why are we not? You know, are you punishing me, Lord? You know, am I not blessed? Am I cursed? And, uh, you know, it's the blessed is the man who has a quiver full of kids, right? Yeah. And, uh, you know, we can take that even too far to be like, well, the more kids you have, the more blessed you are. <laughs> I mean, sure, but that's not, I don't think, the, the full implication here, what he's right. saying here. It's not like the more kids you have, the more blessed you are. And 
um, and all that. But uh, but what is he getting at? You know, uh, what's he what's he talking about here? Well, the reality is in the same way that the Lord builds a house, the Lord builds our family. Mm-hmm. You know, our our kids are a gift from the Lord, no matter how many we have or don't have. Right. He gives and takes away in all things, and uh, and the family is included. You know, and you see this all throughout the scriptures. You know, even back as early in Genesis, Sarah was barren, didn't have any kids, a long time, yeah, for forever. And culturally speaking, that was like that that was, for women that was the thing. You know, and so it was a source of you know cultural shame if they could not have kids. Right. You know. And uh, and some superstition there that you know, you must be cursed you know by your God if you can't have kids yeah and uh, though we may not say it like that you know today I think some of that thinking is still still there you know but if you're infertile you're you know in many ways in good company of Sarah you know and you think of her uh, uh, witness you think of uh, um, you know Hannah at the beginning of uh, uh, for Samuel, you know, was barren yep. for many years, and you know we know the the story that they eventually have kids. Yep. You know, um, and and there's other examples, especially as you read through your Old Testament of of women who were unable to have children. Um, and and how you know tragic that is, and how you know grievous that was for uh, you know both that woman and her husband. And the you know and and the 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 folly that happened when they tried to take matters into their own hands. Yeah. You know, I mean, we think of Abraham and Sarah and, um, and she couldn't have kids and, but God had promised and had this blessing. And then it, you know, didn't happen over well, like 25 years go by or whatever. And it's like, well, it didn't happen. God said this. So here, take my, you know, my servant, uh, maid and, uh, you know, and she gives him Hagar and, you know, we're still, uh, dealing with the consequences of that in many ways of Ishmael and the uh, and his lineage and the conflict there in the Middle East you yep. know between the Jewish people and the uh, you know and the Arab nations and and uh, um, you know and so there's just like when we when we take matters into our own hands like, like we have to watch out there's you know um, yeah. and we continue to just trust the Lord following in his ways, being faithful in all of that, um, you know, in those, in those moments. But yeah, I find it interesting there in just verse two of Psalm 127, Mm -hmm. talking about eating the bread of anxious toil. Yeah. And so even what you're talking about, like trying to, to take these things into our own hands, we end up like receiving the the consequences of our actions as we do it in vain in our own strength. Yeah. You know, the, the worry, the anxiety, the fears, those are, those are the opportunities for those things to, that we give the enemy a foothold, right. You know, t- to creep in when we begin to, um, you know, take these matters right. into our own hands and not, you know, trust the Lord in right. these moments. Right. In these moments. Cause it really begs the question, well, why does this happen then? You know, like why, especially when there is no medical reason, you know, for a man or a woman to be in front of like, you've done all the tests, you've done all the things. And the doctor's like, well, we just, we just, we don't know. You know, Um, there doesn't seem to be any sort of like, 
anything wrong with the anatomy or anything else like it it it's like well we, we we're just unsure um you know and so so why and when it comes you know to this like well what's he what's he getting at here you know is it is it is it because of sin is it not you know is it like what what happens and yeah. you know the, the reality is well yes it's a result of sin you know if you think back to genesis 3 uh, one of the consequences for Eve's sin was pain and childbearing. Yeah, yeah. That uh, that women forever since then uh, just experience pain in this, and that pain can look many different forms of you know pain and the ability to get pregnant, pain through pregnancy, yeah. you know, and morning sickness and all the things you know when you are, um, and uh, pain through miscarriages and stillbirth and and uh, you know and death and pain and in the actual uh, uh, labor process you know and yeah. how excruciating that is um and so that 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 pain just takes on different forms and, and so like you know in the for the infertile it's like well yes it is a result of the consequence and the pervasiveness of sin but that doesn't necessarily mean if, you know, if a particular woman is infertile, that it is a result directly of her sin. Right. Now, it could be, you know, there seems to be like sometimes that is the case in, <laughs> in our sin. There are consequences for that. And maybe there was some foolish decisions that were made and things and that are a consequence, not necessarily like God out to smite you for it or whatever. Right. And, um you know, like with anything, there are consequences for poor decisions. Um, but uh, but that's not always the case, right. you know. Yeah. And so, um, if you're you know walking faithfully before the Lord and all that, it's not like well you know your punishment for that, but it is you know an acknowledgement of the consequence of sin, and and that's grievous, right? That's, yeah. That's hard. Um, and I'm not tr- trying to make light of it, but 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 it is the you know, the reality. You yeah. Know? And even as you're talking there, it makes me uh, think of John 9. Hmm. And, um, you know, there at the beginning of John 9, um, you know, Jesus and his disciples are passing by a blind man, and the disciples ask, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, hmm. that he was born blind? Yeah. And Jesus responds, It was not that this man sinned or his parents but that the works of God might be displayed in him. Mm-hmm. And um, it's just, we never know exactly what's going on in those moments, whether it's our sin or it's a punishment of another sin, but what we trust is that God is working these things right. together. And and so it goes back to that 127, that if we're doing it, trusting the Lord, yeah. Uh, when I say doing it, just as we're living life, as we're trusting the Lord in these things, even in infertility and in childbearing, if we're entrusting these things to the Lord, yeah. then we can trust that He is working. Right. And when we begin to feel that anxiousness, that toil, yeah. you know, it, it's kind of that check engine light that that gets to help us to reorient Right. Um, to ask those questions, okay, what am I not trusting the Lord in in these moments? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and maybe that just is, you know, maybe there's an idolatry of parenthood and, 
He's uh, an identity that's wrapped up in that, um, that the Lord is just, you know, pruning away. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, not because he's like out to get us, but yeah. because he loves us and, uh, and he wants the throne of our heart and n- not our kids, not our spouse, not, uh, you know, the status that comes from having a, a, a lot of kids or the status that comes from being a super mom or a super dad. And, and so it's, you know, the, like in John nine, the point of all this stuff is that God would be glorified no matter what. That he would be glorified through pain, through suffering, through, uh, you know, through even infertility. And, uh, um, and, and it's not so it's like, all right, well, I'm going to glorify you in it. God, now give me some kids. Yeah. Or no, it's like, well, no, no, no. Like, even if we're never able to have children, will we still glorify God? That's right. Yeah. Um, even if we have 12 kids, you know, will we still glorify? Yeah. Yeah. Um, because we recognize that children are a gift from the Lord. Um, he builds up our family. And so, you know, the, any of our children are a massive blessing. Um, and, uh, and, and it's, it's in his hands. So. Yeah. But I think just even in my own personal walk, it's like how many of these things do I hold on to that when I finally relinquish them to the Lord and, and, and hand them over to him that after I've surrendered that, then all of a sudden, you know, he's, he's quick to, to offer that blessing. And again, that's yeah. not a, a promise. It's not a, sure. um, you know, a sure way to get what you want kind of thing, but yeah. like the Lord is after our hearts. And yeah. so to see that his steadfastness, his patience with us to, to help us to surrender these things and to grow in faithfulness, um, you know, that, that work is worth it. Yeah. And, and his kindness, oftentimes as he's doing that work, he then also <laughs> blesses us yeah. with those things that we desire as well. And right. I don't want to paint the picture that if you do that, then he's going right. to give you what you want. But right. it's just interesting as I look back at my own life in those yeah. ways of his kindness. Well, this that. is just another one of those very specific and also tender examples of where, the retributive justice principle is so strong in our minds where it just comes up, yep. you know, or, or just say like, you know, more modern, it's oftentimes, you know, karma, but uh, where good things happen to good people, bad things happen to bad people. That's, yep. you know, often referred to as the retributive justice principle or retributive justice framework. And, and that's just so pervasive in our thinking. Mm-hmm. Oh, for sure. <laughs> and, uh, and so we can, because that kind of underlies our thinking, then we read a, you know, section of scripture like Psalm 127, and then that's just how we think of it, you know, and, uh, and when bad things are happening, then we think, you know, okay, again, well, children happen to good people, and infertility happens to bad people, and that's just not the way, his ways are way more complex, he's after our hearts more than anything, he wants our sanctification, he is working out our holiness, and, and he, you know, will use every means and everything in our life to, uh, to work that out for good, yeah. even despite the effects of sin in this world. Um, and, 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 and only God's ways. We don't always know how, uh, but uh, he is glorified through it and brings blessing and good uh, yeah. through it. 
and uh, the only source of blessing in our life is not kids because we can make too much of Psalm 127 and be like, all right, well, the only way my life is blessed is if I have a quiver full of children. That's right. Yeah. No, no. It's one of the myriad sources of God's blessing in our life. Yeah. And so if this one is missing, that doesn't necessarily mean, you know, that, that, that you are a, a cursed or an unblessed person. That's right. Um, and so we just continue to look around. We continue to see, all right, well, how else has God blessed me? How is he working out even this scenario for my good? Um, right. And so, and, and you know, we're, we're sensitive to that, you know, just in the, and that this is easier uh, considered over a podcast than, yeah, in the, you know, absolutely. in the quiet moments of our heart and in those tender conversations with our spouse. And, you know, after the, you know, umpteenth negative test and uh, like, it, it, it's hard, yeah. you know, it, it's hard. And, you know, to our, you know, families that are experiencing this, you know, our couples, whether they're young couples or maybe been married a long time and, you know, just been doing this for a decade and walking through this road for a long time. Um, yeah, here, here's just you know, some pastoral love and counsel to you. It's just like, don't give up hope, you know. Don't uh, believe the lies that uh, God doesn't love you anymore. Right. You know, don't believe the condemnation of the enemy that uh, you are, a, you know, the worst sinner in the world, that God has removed his love from you. Uh, you know, re- reject all that and know that there's no condemnation. There's nothing that can separate you from the love of God. Um, if you're walking in Christ Jesus, if you've, you know, repented of your sin and placed your faith in Christ, you're seeking walk with him uh, faithfully, you know, obviously imperfectly, but you're repenting and believing uh, regularly, you know, um, keep at it. Yeah. Don't give up hope. Continue to, to walk with the Lord and and, uh, and to do so within the context of community. You know? yeah. and, uh, and even as you, uh, you know, remain hopeful, don't be afraid to lament. Like that's God's language that He has given us for when pain, you know, collides with the sovereignty of God. That's you know when suffering and His sovereignty, you know, human suffering, our suffering, and God's sovereignty collide. Our worshipful response is the language of lament, yeah. of bringing our complaints to the Lord, not in an accusatory, not in a you know, in a blaming God kind of way, but it, but in a real heartfelt God, I don't understand this. This hurts. Why? How long? Oh Lord, and uh, uh, and bringing it to Him, uh, and uh, uh, and seeking, you know, that your comfort and your answers and things in the Lord. Yeah. And those two things aren't aren't in contrast. They're not in competition. They don't, you know, they're not uh, opposed to one another. Where you can be hopeful. And lament before the Lord. Yeah, and that's really what lament is. It's grieving with hope. Yeah. You know, and one of the questions I wanted to ask you and have you to <clears throat> kind of help speak through is um, that Hagar situation that you touched on hmm. earlier. What does that look like for, you know, say a, a couple struggling with infertility and they're exploring other options? How do you... Yeah. How do we walk through that? Right. 
in a faithful way where we're not trying to take it into our own hands, but we're also trying to examine and explore the options that are out sure. there. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's a, that's a great question here. Cause, because, you know, maybe somebody was hearing that and thinking that while well, I'm going through fertility treatments, is that taking matters into my own hands? And, yeah. you know, for praise God that we live in, in a, you know, in an era where we have medical advancements and things like that, where we just understand yeah. human anatomy and conception and, all of that in a, uh, uh, you know, in a, in a way like unlike any other time in human history. Yeah. You know? um, and that's that's not necessarily a bad thing. Right. You know, that's that's actually a very good thing, you know, in so many different ways, not just in you know fertility treatments and, and our understanding there. Um, but, you know, so somebody in, you know, it, walking through infertility and these things and doctor brings it up. Here's just our I think our the way we you know, proceed with that as always with prayerful caution, mm-hmm. you know, just ask, asking tons of questions to the doctors of what this looks like and what they're doing and, you know, bringing in a godly counsel to help make the decision here. And I get it. That's, that's sensitive. It's tender. You yeah. know, when you're bringing somebody else into these uh, conversations and talking through all of that stuff, I like, yeah. I get it, you know, and so it's not just something that you you know, post on social media and, you know, blast of the world, but uh, bring in the, you know, your gospel community around you, your small group, your pastors, um, others that, you know, that are for you and will help you weigh all of that. Um, because there is a, there's a balance of taking advantage of the uh, medical uh, advancements that we have and also trying to play God. Yeah. And so much in that world is just that of we're trying to uh, play God and, uh, you know, and subvert his natural laws and how he designed humanity to exist and function and reproduce. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and there's, there's, there's just some prayerful discernment that has to be weighed against the scripture in all of that, in all the treatments. And, you know, it's really beyond the scope of what we can, you know, get into all the details sure. here. That's why I'm saying, you know, in your specific situation and in a specific treatment or things that they're talking about, that's where you need to bring in trusted counsel and, and all that to speak into these things and to weigh that out with you and, and to help you make a God glorifying decision there. Is this, uh, is, is this walking down that road of, okay, well, we can, you know, take a, take a, a advantage and utilize some of these medical advancements. Or are we just trying to play God in all this? Yeah. And that's that. There's the, that. There's a hard answer in there. Exactly. Yeah. That that we need to examine as well, and that's why we're bringing in community yeah. more so than just trying to weigh the the scientific evidence of all of that. For sure, and that's really what I wanted to to get to is that these decisions could be right for one person and wrong for the other, mm-hmm. um, depending on yeah, the heart posture in that in the yeah. moment. Like, yeah. Yeah, it's not just as black and white as maybe we think, okay, this type of treatment, right. This type of treatment, wrong. Yeah, yeah. maybe so um, in some ways, but there is also the hard element and the worshipful element yeah. that, uh, that that we really need to weigh out in all that. And so so that's where we go. And some of those things might be might be good for you, but, uh, you know, as that, that some of these fertility treatments you are... Uh, you you could be setting yourself up for a long road of consistent heartache. Yeah. Um, uh, over and over and over in that, and uh, where many times they are successful and help people have kids, but uh, it uh, 
um, but it is also a uh, it, it it can be a long heartbreaking road for many um, and that's where you know her heart and all that stuff is uh, is an important piece and in this puzzle is consider it and um, you know and there may be other options for uh, for having children maybe they're not your own biological ones but uh, where fostering and adopting is such a great option for many and yeah. not maybe not all um, but for many to uh, uh, care for the orphans amongst us and uh, to walk into that space and uh, and there's something just as beautiful as having your own children uh, you know biologically of when God uh, brings children like this in uh, um, into your family and adds to your number in that way and what a just a beautiful picture of our adoption into God's family in that and so that's again just another decision to consider um, yeah. may be right may not be for your family uh, in this and that's where community and prayerful uh, discernment is so important um, that uh, that there could be other options uh, in that way and and uh, and so yeah yeah I was gonna say too and just in light of that conversation I think for those of us walking alongside those struggling with infertility we have to be careful to to not just throw these things out there you know haphazardly like sure. that discernment that wisdom that yeah. love that you're talking about is so important because yeah. it can be so unloving if you come alongside a friend who's struggling with infertility well, have you thought about adoption yeah. and it's like yeah well, yeah i'm sure they yeah. have but their desire is to have their own child and so we want to like those options are there and praise god that they right. are but be cautious about how right. we right. we throw those things out there and, and, and walk alongside, make sure that we're doing it right. understandingly and, and lovingly. Right. And, uh, yeah, with tons of compassion. Yeah. Is it, you know, I mean, it would just be crushing. Be like, don't waste all that money on treatments. Just go foster a kid and adopt a kid. And you're like, whoa, 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 whoa. You know, and uh, we want to speak the truth and love and walk and yeah. help people consider and all that. So especially in, uh, you know, Tender seasons like this yep. that we've talked about, and so that's why uh, God has designed us for community, as we, uh, you know, walk this road and watch how God uh, will fill our quiver. Um, and you know, maybe it's neither of those. Maybe it's not a infertility, maybe or treat fertility treatments rather, or fostering or adopting. Um, maybe it's just being a, a, an extra and awesome set of adopted parents to the many kids in your community yeah Yeah. um every parent loves to have a a multitude of godly examples in their children's lives and uh, don't discount the the impact and the influence that you can have in the kids in your church and amongst your own family members you know nieces and nephews and in the just in the community in the after school programs and the things that exist in most every community here in the states um in some form or fashion whether they're you know christian or not um that uh yeah that god can have use you to have an influence in kids lives in a in a multitude of ways, and yeah. so don't discount that um, in uh, in what God may have in this season. So, yeah. 
So lots of implications, lots of uh, things to tease out in this question here. But uh, if you find yourself in this, uh, walking this road of infertility, uh, let not Psalm 127 be one of those sections of Scripture that you avoid, but rather uh, let it be something that you cherish, this truth that God uh, is sovereign over your family. Um, that he loves you deeply and he is doing a good work in your heart, in your family, um, and in your life as, uh, as you seek to just walk with him faithfully, um, no matter what the outcome is and how many arrows may or may not occupy your quiver. Thank you for joining us today on this new season of Consider It, Ministry of Redemption Bible Church in New Braunfels, Texas. We welcome your questions regarding life theology in the church. You can submit these questions by texting the word redemption and your question to 830-299-7505. To learn more about redemption, visit us online at redemption.bible. Thank you for listening. Our aim each episode is to be truthful and helpful to the glory of God. Join us next time on Consider It.